what a movie i uh i saw it at the time and i remembered almost nothing from yeah. that movie. yeah i re- i didn't remember much but i remember that i definitely saw it yeah and it, i mean it was right in my lane at the time yeah. and now so <laughs> about yeah so i saw it when it came out in the movies i loved it and then it's been on hbo very recently actually i was surprised that i had to go back and rent it uh to watch it but it, I, every time i watch it i laugh like i don't understand I, all right well how about this go ahead let's intro the show and then let me do my little preamble all right one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands, and now I'm talking yeah, all over. Talk. like you're trying to eight mile this thing but welcome to cinephobe the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love i'm zach harper joined by amin al hassan anthony may is producing the show uh the podcast we do about bad movies we don't think get enough respect we've done kangaroo jack a day usa we've done next amin gets to pick today's film he went with the 2009 flop Land of the Lost, starring Will Ferrell and Danny McBride, a recreation of the TV series that uh, went on from 1974 to 1976. Uh, this tagline for this movie, right place, wrong time. That's kind of clever. That's a, that's a little clever. Made $68 million with a $100 million budget. That is why we call it a flop. So let's jump in. Uh, Amin, your preamble. Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I'm shocked that the TV show is only on for two seasons, basically two years. And I found there are a lot of like really um, strong cultural touchstone television shows that appeared in the sixties and seventies that really weren't on for, for that long uh, yeah. when you look at it. So like a great example of that is Gilligan's Island. Uh, you know, younger li- listeners may not remember this, but when I, you know, when I was growing up, everybody watched Gilligan's Out, even though it was on syndication. It aired, I think, in the 60s, but it was in syndication. You know how many seasons of Gilligan's Out there were, Zach? I would guess eight or nine? Three seasons. What? Right? Three seasons. Did they do 50 episode seasons? I feel like there are hundreds they did, they, of episodes. There were, there were a little less than 100 episodes. Wow. A little less than 100 episodes, but basically came out to about three seasons, right? Same thing with uh, the Flintstones, right? Everybody knows the Flintstones, right? right. Every, you got Flintstones cereal, you got Flintstones vitamins. Everybody knows Bam Bam. Everybody knows Wilma. Flintstones, only six seasons. Only six seasons of the Flintstones. That's right? crazy. Wow. So La- Land of the Lost, not quite on the same level as those shows, but definitely growing up in the 80s, that came on all the time on, on the weekend on Always TV. Always on. Yeah, always watch Land of the Lost or whatever. And so to hear it was only on for two seasons or, or two two years basically is pretty shocking, but also kind of for whatever reason it, it's consistent with all the memorable shows of the seventies. They didn't last that long. Um, but uh, so the movie when it came out, this was obviously Will Ferrell was coming off a hot streak of of movies that are you know either he's the star role or he's got kind of like a bit role, but you know, they're, that, that, they're bangers. They're all bangers. And Danny McBride, this is right either in the middle or right after um, Eastbound and Down had just right. started, right? So he's on fire, too. Like, this idea of this character that, he, you know, he's one of those guys that plays the same character pretty much in every role, but it's a funny character, right? I defy you to watch Eastbound and Down and not sit there, crack up laughing, especially the outtakes of the scene at uh, Schaefer BMW. Oh my God. That, that is arguably the funniest outtakes of all time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so all of these things conspired for a movie that like May said, I'm like, okay, it can't go wrong. And so I went, I watched this movie in the theater and guess what? They didn't go wrong. man. I loved this movie when it came out. I thought uh-huh. it was hilarious and, and, and was like, Oh, this is great. And I told people to go see it. And I didn't get quite the same reaction. And, and so I've watched it as recently as a few months ago, before obviously I rewatched it last night. And, and even a few months ago, when I watched it on HBO, I was like, 
this is funny, man. And so uh, I submit to you guys, the listeners and my co-host and producer, this is the first submission in the Cinephobe series where one of us legitimately thinks this is a good movie. Right. right, not not right. good. Like, haha! It's so campy and no, and you're le- you're legitimately le- behind this movie, one hundred percent. All right, so let me let me get to the Rotten Tomatoes score. Twenty six percent on one hundred and eighty eight reviews on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. I, I saw that and I said, well, surely the audience has my back. Audience on five hundred and forty thousand plus ratings have given it a thirty two percent. Unbelievable. <laughs> What are you guys watching? What are you people watching? So I would say this. I remember seeing it. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater, if I saw it on DVD or or, saw, or a movie channel or something, but I've see, I had seen the whole movie. I only remember one scene from the movie. And, that and that was the, that was the bug scene where he oh, gets, when, yeah. you get the blood sucked by, by some bug. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's the only thing I had remembered from that movie. Uh, before we get into what we think about it, Let's go to uh, one of the reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, you know we will get to TonyMedley.com at some point, but that will be towards the end of the show. Uh, but that's a little gem we discovered last episode, and uh, and that's something we're going to keep with. So Tony Medley's not quite up yet, but Chris Bumbray of JoeBlow.com. And JoeBlow.com, I thought, all right, well, that's a stupid – that's got to be just some dumb site. It's actually a legitimate site, it looks like. There are a lot of reviews on there. They do a lot of movies, a lot of stuff. But – this Tony is what Chris Medley does a lot of reviews too. Yeah, all right, that's true. But this one doesn't look like a GeoCities page. <laughs> so this is what Chris Bumbry said. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is the moment where Will Ferrell's shtick, already wearing thin after his last couple of films, officially got old. Land of the Lost is an absolutely atrocious excuse for a film and easily one of the worst I've seen this year. I think the big problem is that Farrell simply is not cut out to headline this type of big-budget event film. Someone like Ben Stiller is able to make Night at the Museum work due to the fact that he's able to occasionally bring real emotion to his characters and can play it straight if he has to. Farrell, on the other hand, is impossible to take seriously. He's just too damn silly, and his constant mugging for the camera makes it impossible to accept him in in it action adventure setting not to mention accept him as a love interest for the ravishing Friel, uh, who is the woman in this movie all in all though i really truly loathe this film i'm sure the filmmakers were hoping this would be Farrell's bruce almighty but instead it's going to turn out to be his evan almighty that's I, that's one of the worst things you could say but he said until he said uh you know hopefully he'll b- bounce back as well as steve Car- or steve carell did after that disaster, but only time will tell. Until then, avoid this at all costs, unless you're an incredibly non-demanding 12-year-old or have the movie taste of one. Fuck you, Joe Blow. Wow! <laughs> wow! How dare um, A couple of familiar faces in this movie. Uh, a short little uh, cameo from uh, Bobby Thompson, who you will remember from Role yeah. Models. Hell yes. yeah, dude. Well, he uh, asked the question, do dinosaurs have movies? Right. <laughs> Uh, Anna Friel is the is the um, is the love interest in this. Is the the female? Uh, is she a scientist? I guess she is, explorer. Yes. She's a she's a PhD student. So okay, PhD at, student um, at, at Cambridge though. Yeah, so, if you've seen the movie Limitless, uh, you remember her from that. The reason I bring up Limitless is because uh, there is an episode of The Office where they try to watch the movie Limitless, and someone asks, "Oh, is that the movie where they have no limits?" <laughs> Which I just always remember <laughs> when I hear that movie, and then uh, Jorma Tacconi or Tacone, yeah, is Tacone. one of the guys from is one of the guys from Lonely Island plays Shaka, who is like a primate. Yes. Um, all right, so I guess let's just get into this movie. Yeah. Um, I get. I, I'm, are, I'm you gonna, gonna, are, are you going to hold your assessment? You I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to you figure are, out what I should do here. So I, I okay. Let me just address something from JoeBlow.com. That sounds like a real <laughs> reputable site, right? So they're like, "Oh, human emotion and like, uh, the, why? It's a silly movie of right, a campy com- television it's not, show. It's not action adventure. It's a comedy. Like, and by the way, not at the museum. Not that great. Not that not good that of a gr- movie. Uh, yeah, it well, but it's not a good movie. I um, I will say this. This is this movie came out after Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, Will Ferrell did a pretty good job holding down that one with a dramatic role, or I guess a less yeah. serious role. Or no, that, was a, that was role. that was not a, that wasn't a comedy. That that right. movie wasn't a comedy. That's the one I where know, like he, he, he kills it. people sleep on that movie. That's a great movie. So I don't I don't agree with the assessment of like all this. Oh, he's been wearing thin. Like no, I think Step Brothers came out before this. 
um, Blades of Glory, another big movie came out, and he, I mean, all those killed, and they still kill. So I don't agree with that that part of the assessment in any way. This is Joe Blow character. Joe. All right. Okay. So the 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 movie opens with um, an astronaut who is on a world that isn't quite Earth. Uh, and he's radioing back to base, and they're not picking up anything. And then, you know, basically through the reflection in his helmet, we see that he's about to get eaten by a dinosaur, right? And then it cuts to Will Ferrell on the Today Show, which, by the way, I, I put a note in here. A lot of Me Too casualties in this movie. Mm, yep, I had the same note. Because, right? well, you know, and, and well, maybe not necessarily Me Too, but like sexual deviancy uh, issues. So you got Matt Lauer. He's being interviewed by Matt Lauer at the Today Show. Later on, there's a Jared from Subway reference as yep. well. Yep. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, the opening scene, like, you know, sometimes all you got to do is see one scene, you're like, okay, I'm in, right? And that scene of him, that whole scene in, at the Today Show, starting with the awkward handshake attempt, <laughs> where he, he's trying to sit, he's trying to shake Mike, Matt Lauer's hand, and Matt Lauer's just trying to intro him. And uh, and and that whole exchange, right? He says, uh, "Well, it's it's uh, not to say modestly, it's our very future, Matt. It's the only real solution to solving this fossil fuel crisis we're experiencing, and it boils down to two simple words: renewable biofuels. Close. Time warps. Time warps. Time warps. You're serious about this? I'm deadly serious. And the reason I laughed so la- loud last night at that is because it reminded me." of an episode of Sports Nation I was on where we were, we never used to talk about baseball on that show, right? Very rarely, right? And, right. and uh, we treated it very derisively, right? But anyway, so there's a baseball topic that comes up. Michelle Beadle puts it out there. Uh, LZ says his piece. I say my piece. And then Marcellus says, see, this is why I'm always talking about this is what we need to save baseball. And, and and he says it comes down to one word, lasers. And me and, me and Michelle look, and he's dead serious by the way. Me and Michelle look at each other, and I can't remember what I laughed at more. The idea that this is what I've always been talking about. Like right. this is the first time I've ever heard you talk about baseball, <laughs> or that his solution came down to very matter of factly, lasers. Lasers, right? So the time warps are close. Time warps. I fucking lost it, right? And so then. Uh, he talks about, I wouldn't have spent $50 million if I didn't believe in this. Right. Matt Lauer says, you spent $50 million of your own money? He says, God, no. Oh, that's adorable. No, no, I spent taxpayer money. Tax, ta- taxpayer money, right. Um, uh, it, he, his book is called My Other Car is a Time Machine, man. Come on. <laughs> I will say this. My favorite line comes from this scene where he pulls that Will Ferrell pulls out a pipe. And Matt Lauer says, are you smoking? And Will Ferrell says, no, I'm making a balloon animal. <laughs> On the time warp uh, tip, you fans of Cinephobe will remember that the, the closing line from Tony Medley's review of Next was, suffice it to say that I'm a big time warp movie fan and this oh, is a good one. Right. Put yeah. a pin Spoiler. in that. Put a pin in that. We're coming back to that later. Spoiler. Okay. Spoiler. Um, I forgot all about that, by the way. So Will Ferrell plays Dr. Rick Marshall, and they, 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 uh, by the way, he says, as he storms off the set, because he, <laughs> because Matt Lauer questions the science behind, he, qu- he questions the science behind it, and he reads a criticism from Stephen Hawking. <laughs> he said, Who said that, Stephen Hawking? And then Matt, uh, you know, Will Ferrell angrily takes off his mic, says this interview is over, storms off the set. Matt Lauer says, that was my guest, Dr. Rick Marshall. And off off camera, but ambient noise, it's not on a mic. <laughs> you can hear Will Ferrell say, you goddamn right it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this movie's great, man. What are y'all talking about? Oh, uh, There is a fight, right? Doesn't he come running back? Yeah, he comes running back and tries yeah. to swing on Lauer. Gets yeah. tackled by security. Um, so then we fast, uh, fast forward to three years later. Um, Will has, uh, Dr. Rick Marshall has invented the Tachyon amplifier, which allows you to travel sideways in time where past, present, and future all meet. So he's given this presentation. They turn the lights on. He's in a classroom. 
He's in a, he's in like a grade school. Yeah. Uh, to, to to give you an well, idea. Well, no, hold on, what? hold on, Zach. Well, yeah. He he is he is at the La Brea Tar Pits, and he's giving a tour. Oh, yeah. That's what it is, right? To a right, class right. that is coming to visit. Yes, right. that's what it is. Yes. So, uh, so is that worse than teaching science to elementary school children? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. No one goes to the tar pits here. <laughs> no one. No one goes. Uh, uh, this is where uh, Holly Cantrell, who is played by, uh, I'm sorry, Anna Friel, comes in, and she uh, and she wants to basically talk to him about his his invention because she has she has a fossil, right? Essentially, she has a fossil that is an imprint of of Will Ferrell's lighter that says Big Cat on it. Well, it's an imprint of a lighter that, that Will Ferrell then realizes is his lighter. Right, right, exactly. And she says that if your science doesn't exist, then how does this fossil exist with clearly the imprint of a lighter? And it's the fossil is hundreds of millions of years old. So, uh, all right, so when he's at the La Brea Tar Pits... Uh, he, and he's talking to the kids in the class. Holly comes in and is trying to convince him that his science is not bunk, that he should, you know, keep with this, and 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 it is it's got merit to it. And he says, "Chasing that theory got me laughed out of mainstream science and landed me here at the Liberia Tar Pits." And you know what? I don't blame have anyone to blame but myself, because as they say, if you don't make it, it's your own damn vault. And there's a, a motivational poster on the wall of a pole vaulter. And it says that line, uh, if you don't make it, it's your own damn vault. So we get to the point where he has, uh, he's finished, he's finished this amplifier, but he's never tested it out. Right. This is the, this is the scene after he's gone into a food coma, by the way. Oh yeah. That's, that's how he, that's how he, uh, that's how he copes with this, uh, this fall from grace, I guess. By the way, I, I stopped taking notes right around like here. Because I realized every scene would have 700 notes because I love this movie so much. Okay. So right. I, I'm, I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you guide us, and I'll, I'll chime in when I can with, with observations. So they, uh, this, is when, uh, this is when the Jared uh, from Subway reference gets made, is when he's in this food coma talking about all the places he's gone to in order. He's like, I'm just going to get a quick bite, and then I ended up at Arby's, and I ended up at Burger King, and Del Taco. Um God, I can't remember the Jared from Subway line, but it was uh, it was one. There's a cardboard cutout. He's found himself like babbling to a cardboard cutout of Jared from Subway. Right, that's what it was. So she essentially convinces him to that they need to test out this machine, uh, which plays show tunes. Yeah, it plays yeah. a chorus line. It plays chorus line, right? Yeah. Um, when it when it's when it's operating, uh, and so. They essentially have to drive to the desert, to Devil Devil's Canyon Cave, which uh, yeah, which is where Danny McBride works as a, he runs a gift shop there. Yeah, they sell fireworks and you know Roman candles and stuff like yeah. that. But there's also a uh, lot the, of the Mexican vasectomy is the name of one of his fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> that's Come a good. On. That's a good. One. So, uh, little little trivia fact: the road they're driving on. Mm-hmm. Is the same road used at the end of seven? Oh, how about that? Oh. I found that there fascinating. You there you go. That is that is pretty interesting. By the way, one one of the trinkets he sells in the gift shop is uh, a mug that he calls the perfect woman. Big old boobies, no head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that and is yes, and yes, it is a mug that looks like a pair of breasts, basically. Yeah. So that is essentially Danny McBride's character, as you would expect Danny McBride's character to be. He plays Will Stanton. Um, the in this Devil's Canyon cave, there's this little stream where they go through, and and it's like a little tour that Danny McBride will take you on. And uh, there's like a a moment where a body will scare you, or you know, it's it's a really hokey kind of just tourist trap that isn't actually that good. By the way, Zach, just to clarify, it's not actually a stream. It's a runoff from the nearby soap factory right. down the street. <laughs> uh, but it looks like it looks like a stream into kind of like if you've ever seen one of those tunnel of love type things at amusement parks. It's like that, but instead of love, it's supposed to be creepy. You know, with the with the like like Zach said, the, oh the creepy lizard man body. Oh, yeah. watch out, he's gonna get you and stuff like that. Also, one of my favorite lines here. 
he's he 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 tries to give them <laughs> he tries to give them like a show basically like the legend says and all this kind of stuff and they're not reacting and he's really upset that they're not respecting the pageantry that he's bringing to the table but uh one of the lines he says but be warned you may get wet as they're floating down this creek to which will ferrell says what may get wet no no i need to know for a fact because we have some sensitive equipment the tachyon amplifier you know i don't it can't get wet it can't get water on or whatever and he says not you i'm talking to mary poppins This is after so, this is after he announces his dream of opening a huge casino with yes. two pyramids at opposite ends, and then he goes into an in-depth description of how he would punish his bride by sending her to the other pyramid. Banishing her, her, yes. By the way, the, the pyramids, the dual pyramids, is, of course, look like nipples. Right. And he rubs, rubs them very gingerly on the t- Okay, I get it. It's not highbrow humor. But it's just funny because it's the because it's the people and the way they deliver it, man. Right. Their delivery is always on point. And you can okay. tell that they're improvising here. Like, there's a lot of Will Ferrell yeah, and a, Danny McBride improv here, and those are two of the best. So, like, yeah. no, nah, and they're and especially well, well, together. What was this? There was a scene where they're going back and forth, and I was like, this has to be improv. Oh, I can't remember it now. I wish I'd written a note. There's a scene where they're literally going back and forth, and they just keep talking. Um, we'll probably get to it. I yeah. mean, I would, I would imagine, I think I, ha- I have an idea which one it is, but we'll get yeah. there. So he, so, uh, the reason they are in, at the devil's Canyon cave is because that's where all these readings are, um, are coming up biggest, right? Like that's where it, they think that these portals are for this, uh, moving through time, these time warps, right? Well, that's where and, she found the fossil. Oh, that's where she found the fo- fossil. Right. And they're getting readings off of this equipment that it like, Oh my God, these readings are so are so incredible. And so he turns on the machine in the runoff stream in the cave. Uh, and that's when things, uh, go sideways. That's when they like every, all of a sudden they are in this time warp. They fall down this, uh, this all essentially this waterfall that actually isn't there. It's only there in the portal. And they go into this other plane of existence, um, where there's, uh, they're in the desert. There's a Viking ship. There are multiple moons off in the horizon. There's a Cessna plane. Like there's all kinds of stuff there that wouldn't make sense being together. Uh, and immediately they run into some primates. Uh, two of them are trying to kill Shaka, who we learned who we learned later. Shaka is this primate. Uh, they kind of shoo away. Um, they shoo away these primates by showing the lighter. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh no, I know how to handle this. I like I'll show them these primates fire i can control fire and he drops the lighter the primates grab the lighter and i think danny mcbride says good job he's like good job you just gave them the power of fire or something along those lines like there's a lot there's a recurring theme within this rick marshall showing how smart he is and then it uh it backfires almost immediately (laughs) every time uh and so as they are meeting shaka uh Shaka is a primate. So uh, Holly is trying to like say like, my name is Holly, like your name. And so she's like pointing, like putting her hand on her chest as she does that. So then when Shaka tries to give its name, uh, he grabs her breasts. Yes. Once again, the Me Too movement. Uh, Gingerly though. (laughs) Gingerly, right. Yes. Because she's doing the me, Holly, you, Shaka. And she touches her chest when she says me and then she reaches out to him when she says you and so he reaches out to her breast squeezes and says holly and she very nicely kind of without breaking eye contact takes his hand off her breast puts it down right and it's you and then he says touches his own chest says me chaka and then (laughs) reaches back out grabs her breast again and says holly and at which point danny mcbride reaches over and grabs her Her breast too. It says, "My name is Will." <laughs> right. Um, which she just then just like very calmly moves his hand away. Uh, so they're trying to treat Shaka's ankle. Oh, hold on! You've got, <laughs> you've got you've got to you've got to explain the way Will Ferrell introduces himself. He says, "Shaka, my name is Doctor Rick Marshall. <laughs> Doctor Rick Marshall." Now, let's take a look at your ankle. Now, I must warn you, Chaka, even though I am a doctor, I do not have a medical (laughs) (laughs) 
He's, he goes with the, but he says it with the kind of tone and slow cadence of someone trying to explain something to someone who doesn't speak this language. Right. But it's so complicated. It's just and and full of like facts that don't matter right now. Why are you telling me you're a doctor, man? <laughs> So as they're trying to treat this ankle, uh, a sand pit for like all like basically a quicksand that just drops them into this area with all these bones, like just these skeletons and bones and everything. And they're on this pile of bones uh, and they get trapped in a tree, which has these vines comes down and like wraps up their ankles, pulls them up by their ankles. And all of a sudden they are now just prey for a T-Rex, a T-Rex that comes in. And uh, they manage to swing and they break free. Uh, they run away from the T-Rex. And this is when you uh, you get a sense of where, where this land is, not just that it's a T-Rex, but this T-Rex can think. This T-Rex right. knows insults because they run away from it. They, they cross this like little makeshift bridge, which Shaka tries to, tries to break off before they actually get to cross it too. Um, so it kind of tries to leave them by themselves, but they make it across. The T-Rex kind of feels it out a little bit and doesn't think it's safe so it starts to walk away defeated and that's when um <laughs> that's when will ferrell starts saying like oh well you know t-rex have the have the brain the size of a walnut like he can't figure this out he's too dumb and he does deliver a line and, which and i thought terrible oh, death perception as well yeah terrible <laughs> death perception the brain of a walnut and he delivers this line he goes he says forget about the polish it's the t-rexes that are the real <laughs> dummies of the world and the t-rex hears him <laughs> T-Rex turns around, hears him, jumps over the canyon. Chases them. Uh, they eventually seek refuge in a cave. Cave, uh, right. Yeah, and uh, T-Rex can't reach them. Um, at, at which point... <laughs> then he will rise says, is he gone? And I say, yeah. And he says, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man! Y'all ain't come on. Y'all, you were laughing. No one's laughing at that, man. Oh my god! So, so while they're while they're kind of seeking refuge in this cave, uh, they further get deeper into Chaka connecting and bonding with him. Right. And uh, Chaka grabs and hugs Will Ferrell's leg because he saved him. And Holly explains because she, I guess she has experience. I don't know why, but anyway, she she becomes a de facto translator and says Shaka is showing gratitude to you as his his protector and his master. And Will Ferrell's response is, "I will honor your customs, and you may serve me. In return, I will be a fair but very strict master." <laughs> <laughs> Which so uh, they 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 uh. They are while they're in the cave. They hear this like a uh, commotion outside of Rumble, and they come outside and they see this massive object. I mean, it's the size of probably a Fiat, right? Right. Or, it's huge, uh, or a Mini Cooper. It's huge, right? And they're saying, "What the hell is that?" And Will Ferrell looks at it and he realizes it's a walnut. And yeah. off in the distance, you see the T Rex just looking at him with this <laughs> knowing glance. Like, That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> This movie's tremendous. Ah, whoa. So then they go to sleep. Uh, Rick Marshall, Dr. Rick Marshall, has a premonition of this alien saying to save him, and they decides like he's gotta he's gotta run off to find him, right? Like, yeah. I gotta find this. This is the key to everything. Enoch the altrusion. Enoch the altrusion, right. So as they as they find like kind of this, uh, I don't know if courtyard is the right way, this kind of open area within these these rock formations, there's this giant uh, like mirrored crystal, right, that's vibrating. And so they're singing, do you believe in life after love? To sound like this, is my, this is my favorite part of the movie, I think. When, uh, when Will says, uh, when Danny McBride's character says, maybe this is where our ancient ancestors hosted the Latin Grammys. <laughs> That's a great line. And then they launch into the share, and it's like just a giant auto-tune machine. Uh, right, it's, it's just a it's giant so auto-tune good. machine. Finally, something cool, huh? Well, no reaction. You guys have seen that before, too, I take it, huh? In your lab. What's this thing? Hey, maybe this is where our ancient ancestors hosted the Latin Grammys. 
This pitcher Santana hauling this sucker out. It vibrates. I wouldn't touch that, all right? Do you believe in love, Dr. Love? That is so dumb and childish. Do you believe in love, Dr. Love? Will, will you please be quiet? Dr. Marshall needs silence. I can feel something inside me, say. I really don't think it's strong in the feel in my forearms yeah, usually you have to pay for something like this oh gosh and then he tells he tells holly when he goes he oh you should sit on this <laughs> once again just uh you know have going you, for a certain brand of humor have you ever have you ever ever seen any dandy mcbride vehicle and said ah I, what, it didn't do it for me no. I mean, Dan, Danny mcbride's one of my favorites oh wait hold on uh what's that fucking hawaii is that the name of the movie where Bre- where Emma Stone plays a Aloha? Asian woman? Aloha, there it yeah. is. I know, yeah. see, I haven't seen that. That one's real bad, real, okay. real bad. Okay, oh, okay. Um, but they're being attacked by these aliens that look similar to the premonition he had. It turns out they're called the Sleestacks. 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 They, as they're being surrounded, they realize that with Holly's belt. Uh, the reflection off her belt buckle, it can hit certain things, and then it hits back at the crystal and opens this door on the crystal uh, that they're able to escape from. And this is where they find uh, Enoch, the altrusion. Um, uh, I, oh, this is where I put. This is where I put. They have to find an amplifier to do something. I kind of fell yeah. asleep and wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's what I really know. <laughs> so, so this is so the basic gist of it is Enoch tells them that. Uh, shows them this uh, video holographic recording of this other guy whose name escapes me. Zarn. Zarn. He says Zarn is this evil dude in the Slee stack or his army, and he's searching for a portal to get to to basically run every dimension. He wants to get to your dimension, and he wants to use his army, the Slee stack that can reproduce very quickly and take over everywhere, basically. And so you have to help me stop him, and you're attacking on amplifier basically is the only way to do that right but they have to find a way to essentially power this thing again right yeah using the tachyon amplifier right um the the crystals alone aren't strong enough i guess so they know that dinosaurs are out there uh will ferrell has gathered a giant jug of dinosaur urine wait hold on we're skipping ahead here wait what about skip so uh so enoch has seen his today show appearance which i love that's right. Yeah. He's familiar with Dr. Rick Marshall from his uh, Today Show appearance. And then the other thing is that Will, uh, before they before they are talking to Enoch, he says, never trust a dude in a tunic. Yes, I have that note. Yeah, right. it says, a little rule I live by, never trust a dude in a tunic. And, and Rick Marshall says, you live by that rule? And Will doesn't miss a beat. He says, yes, and it's never let me down. Like, <laughs> he says it with such conviction. Such conviction. Right. Uh, so now they've got to go find the stuff. I... Yeah, that's good. And then the, that's good. Then the yeah. dinosaur urine. Yeah, the whole yeah, scene so now, with the so dinosaur now, urine. So now Will Ferrell is, cover, is just dousing himself. Just, I mean, really pouring it on thick with this dinosaur urine as the other two watch him. And uh, and it starts burning his eyes, and his perhaps, and his solution is, oh, maybe I need to pour more on. Perhaps a second dose will perhaps reduce the effects. Dose. Everything he says, he tries to say like kind of in a scientific hypothesis style right. format, right? Perhaps a second dose will reduce the effects, and then he pours it some more. And then he says, wait, what does he say? He says, <laughs> he says you got to drink some too. Let it get in the, into the bloodstream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I think this was the scene you were talking about, I mean, where they were clearly riffing because Will says, wait, 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 wait. How did you get <laughs> the hadrosaur urine? And he yeah. asked him if he was standing under a dino dong with a bucket. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't explain how he got it. But it was just, it, it, it was like you could tell as they're going back and forth. Yeah, he kept oh, going, doing something like, it's not important how I got it, right? Like he kept kind of That's like how he started it, it yeah. yeah. And then he's like, while, you, while you've been standing around, like I've been out here doing research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> uh, so it's uh, the dinosaurs immediately notice him, right? Like the, the dinosaur urine didn't help. They, uh, an ice cream truck 
gets dropped into the into the dimension and uh and and this ice cream, <laughs> i did like this this ice this guy who's like manning the ice cream ice cream truck is trying to like throw ice cream at all these attacking raptors and they just and they just they they some are eating the ice cream and some just rip him apart yeah some rip him apart and then the the, t- the t-rex and the female t-rex come out and and kind of disrupt everything and that's when Will Ferrell's hypothesis of oh maybe the dinosaur urine will mask us uh, clearly does not work because now they're chasing chasing Will Ferrell throughout. <laughs> at, at which point, uh, Danny McBride yells out to. This is the scene, by the way. When, when I first suggested we watch this movie, uh, Zach said all I can remember is the bug bite scene, uh, and Mays said all I can remember is serpentine, serpentine, right? <laughs> because Will Ferrell's solution to evading the dinosaurs that are chasing him is to run in a serpentine... <laughs> yeah. Serpentine style, They right. can't track you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick movements. He can't make adjustments. Like Again, everything is in a very pseudo-scientific syntax, right? He, he, he lacks the capability of making quick uh, <laughs> adjustments. Uh, but, but as he's doing this, Danny McBride is on a cliff like about 100, 200 yards away. He yells out, Hey, Rick! Don't you ever get tired of being wrong? And she says, yes, I do. I'm so tired. <laughs> so he's trying to evade. He acts like there's like a random store. He jumps uh, in a white Hummer limo that's playing goodies yeah. by Sierra. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice touch. The, that gets destroyed. He hides as a mannequin in a storefront. Um, the dinosaurs keep finding him. Uh, and then eventually he finds this canister of nitrogen. And starts running towards Holly and, and Will Stanton, and uh, and they're near a catapult. He's like, you know, essentially man the the catapult, like get the catapult ready. Uh, he runs, he throw, he gets the nitrogen onto the catapult. They fire it at the, I think it's the the female dinosaur, the it's female the Allosaurus, the yeah. Allosaurus, right? Yeah, um, and uh, and swallow like fires it at at the Allosaurus. It uh, it swallows it. Um, becomes completely frozen, explodes essentially, and they find the tachyon amplifier. Yes, so the, basically that dinosaur had eaten it. Is and right then uh, right when they, they see it, a pteranodon comes down, picks it up, and flies away. Right. Look at so this nerd. Everyone else says it's a pterodactyl. It's one of the flying ones. You got to call it something else. What did you call I wrote, it? I wrote down pterodactyl. Pteranodon. Yeah. What's the difference? Dude, I don't know. I'm not. It's not like I'm recognizing these dinosaurs. It's just like this is what's in the description of the movie. You're like the kid from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, like, oh, no, like, yeah. uh, excuse me. I mean, uh, no, that's actually a pteranodon. You can tell by the plumage. I was like, huh? when did Kevin Durant show up? <laughs> yeah, they're top locking the pterodon. Yeah. So, uh, so now they've got to go chase down this pterodon, pterodactyl. Uh, to find the amplifier once again, and uh, they set up camp. And this is where the scene that I that I'm familiar with comes in. This is uh, a bug, uh, like a giant mosquito, starts sucking the blood out of his neck. He gets very pale as he's singing a song and play, he's playing a guitar, or ukulele, or something. Banjo, banjo, yeah, banjo. And uh, and then he's getting very pale, getting very pale, getting very tired, yawning a lot. And then all of a sudden, you see that the bug is on his back and is gigantic. And is just sucking <laughs> so much blood out of him. He falls back onto the bug. Blood splats everywhere. Um, and then when he wakes up in the morning, he has this gigantic mosquito bite on his back that is like the size of a volleyball. Yes. And that's the only thing I remembered from my first view. <laughs> I don't remember where exactly this line comes in, but Will is talking to, I think maybe Chaka about like moving closer to food. And he says that he has moved Trace times to be closer to a Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that movie is full of so many goddamn funny lines, man. There's so many gems like that, and they're always kind of like throwaway lines. Like they're right. not- Absolutely. That's like what oh. these dudes specialize in. Like just you, all the takes that they did where they probably are saying, you know, different random things. And then if you, you can always cut together a bunch of good jokes out of these two. Okay. All right, keep going. <laughs> uh, so now, now we're we're at yeah. Get they get the, the tachyon amplifier so, so from a the, the pterodactyl nest is at the top of a pterodon. volcano, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, 
at the top of a volcano, so they have to go, uh, and it's basically playing that that the chorus line. Chorus yeah. line. God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. God, I hope I, I really need this job. Yeah. So that's playing. But when the he, Will picks up, or when Doctor Rick Marshall picks up tachyon meter, the music stops, and all the eggs start to hatch. And so they get, they realize, oh, this is like a lullaby for them. So they all have to start singing from a chorus line, uh, at which point Chaka, who, by the way, all along has has communicated with a voice like, Chaka, like just grunts and a very squeaky, high-pitched voice, limited word, limited vocabulary, right? Just Chaka is pretty much all he says. And then all of a sudden he starts belting out this song. With full clarity, and uh, I mean, he could be on Broadway. I really need right. this yeah. job. So that, Again. that that calms the the pterodons down. Yep. Uh, they they get away from there, and they they end up at this like motel pool that's out in the desert of this again this uh, other dimension with all this random stuff that is for being there, and uh, and they find. What what is it? There's like it's like a there's a tree nearby and it's got like a fuzzy coconut and Chaka goes and pulls down a fuzzy coconut and he brings it to them and then they both drink it. Will and Rick drink it and then he starts describing what it's like to to Anna Friel's character and they realize that it's a psychedelic coconut essentially. He's saying it's a celebrity a celebratory drink in his village. Cheers. Yeah, and it brings a joyful lightness to the heart and soul. And that's when they drink it. And then, then she says, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's not joyful lightness. A better translation would be howling loneliness. And then your bravery will be tested as your mind fogs. And the shadow hags will rise in the graves and hold you in an icy embrace. And it'll feel like your bowels are being pierced by a ghost serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it says, well, that can't be right. <laughs> no, no, that can't be right. Chaka? And then Chaka speaks in his primate language. Says, "Oh no, 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 no. Okay, he says it's not ghost serpent. It's much closer to zombie dick." <laughs> <laughs> and at which point, after they've already taken it, I believe it's Danny McBride who turns and says, "I need you to be honest with me right now, okay? Are you a cop?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Chaka, Chaka says, "Chaka." To which Danny McBride replies, "That's not an answer." Okay, that's your name. <laughs> Seriously, by law, you have to tell me if you're a police officer. <laughs> Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> that's when you can tell he's really like freelancing here. He's really freestyling here. Like that that whole thing seemed completely off the cuff. I mean, oh. it's very possible there just isn't like dialogue written for this right. movie. <laughs> and they just came up with everything on the spot. They're tripping out. They're laying out in the sun. They see a giant crab approaching them. The crab kind of falls into a hot spring and gets cooked immediately. I love that so much. That was, <laughs> that was that so awesome. <laughs> so now they have like this boiled lobster, this giant boiled crab uh, that they can eat. Um, and they all bond. Yeah, Chaka yeah, and, all, and yeah, Will and Rick all bond. While, while Holly goes off, right? Yeah, she goes off and she uh, she wanders out into the desert and she finds another portal and inside she finds a, a egg that she takes and then she discovers the truth about Enoch. Yeah, that, so Enoch, Enoch is actually bad. Yes. So Enoch is bad. The Sleestack, the Sleestack um, kind of ambush them. Yeah, they grab Holly I'm, and it's a, it's a pretty there's bad one, cutaway. There's one more quote. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ferrell is high off his ass and he's talking to Chaka and he tells him I owe you an apology okay I'm a guest in your land a guest who came unannounced and uninvited and I've treated you like a toilet a toilet <laughs> I want to make it up to you because the love I feel for you and I'm not exaggerating is a billion times greater than the love for mankind that Jesus felt on the cross you can take that to the bank <laughs> <laughs> some strong fuzzy coconut is it at this point too Shaka describes the women of of his people like right as like just these her these horrific looking women like they're nothing like them is yeah, that when this happens we, i think it might be a little earlier yeah yeah he describes the women as very beautiful or whatever but then we find out later that <laughs> they don't look like chaka at all 
Right, exactly. Um, and so the Slee stack attacked them. They grab her. They they put her in this. Uh, they put her in this uh, essentially like this cage, like this bird cage. Uh, Indiana, above- jo- Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dr. Evil brand above a lowering cage. cage. Yeah. Um, this is when they all come into the picture and uh, and they're they're fighting the slee stack and, and knocking him into the lava. When uh, Rick and Will come to rescue Holly, they announce uh, to the people who have kept her captive that they're friends of Enoch and you know, they're, they're here, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll stop you guys or whatever. And Holly's trying to tell him, no, 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 Enoch's actually bad. So the, the people who have kept uh, Holly captive say, Enoch the Altruger is is a a criminal. He's been, you know, banished or whatever. We even made him wear the tunic of shame. Right. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell jumps on jumps and starts swinging on the cage, knocking all these things, all these slee stacks into the lava to save her. He gets in the cage. They they, they knock everybody in. They they get out. They they jump off. Then that's when she kisses him, and right. he's like, "We could have been doing this the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> Holly kisses kisses Will the uh, Rick Marshall. Rick Marshall tells her to, to get out of here, uh, and I'll meet you guys by the pylon. She says, "No, we're not leaving without you." And then he says, go. He starts talking to her like she's a duck. Go. Get out of here. I don't love you. Go. Throws a rock at her. Yeah, he like, kind of gives her the old yeller treatment. Yeah. Get. Right? You're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Will hands Rick a bag full of high-powered fireworks. And he says, you know, this might come in handy. Uh, to which Will say, uh, Rick Marshall says, there's literally a dozen situations where we could have used those. Right. And and he eyes down um, <laughs> uh, this, is where, this is where Danny McBride says stick it thin I'll follow you into battle anytime you hear me absolutely anytime and so Will Ferrell says okay how about now is it like right now <laughs> honestly I didn't I didn't expect you to call the favor in this soon <laughs> uh, and then the T-Rex comes Yes, Grumpy returns. And then uh, it reminded me of, of Cersei walking away during the game bowl because both Holly and Will just walk away in front of Grumpy because right. Grumpy only cares about Dr. Rick. <laughs> right, only cares about Dr. Rick. Only wants to, like, settle the score with Dr. Rick. The Slee Stack are still coming at him, right? So so essentially, uh, as he's, like, trying to fight the T-Rex, he, he goes back to the pole vaulting thing, and he pole vaults into the T-Rex, or he tries to pole vault over the T-Rex. And goes straight into the T-Rex's mouth. Like, goes all the way down, like, into the stomach immediately. And now uh, the T-Rex, like, kind of walks away. Uh, the Slee stack come out, and they're attacking Holly and and Wilston even more. Yeah, let me ask Let me ask you guys. Better callback, the It's Your Own Damn Vault callback, or the Tunic callback? Tunic. Tunic. Yeah, tunic, tunic for sure. Yeah. She's, like, kicking ass. Of, she's, like, using her belt or something. She's kicking ass of for the sleeve, the sleeve stack, uh, Danny McBride comes in with Shaka using a battering ram, and then out of <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Will Ferrell uh, comes back into the picture, riding the T Rex into battle. The T Rex just destroys all of these all of these sleeve stack and, and saves the day. And they're all these like it, look, it basically looks like Will Ferrell's clothes are covered in shit. Uh, Danny McBride sees him and says, "God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The only thing that would be cooler if he slid down." <laughs> Grumpy's tail, just like Fred Flintstone used to do. And then he, and, then Will and on cue he does it. And he's like, he "Oh said, my god, I've lived, I have lived." And so they ask him, "Marshall, we thought we thought you died." He says, "No, that was just a minor setback. Let's go home." Yeah, let's go home. They're like, "How did how did you get out?" He's like, "Oh, it's not important." <laughs> <laughs> and what has obviously happened is the T Rex is shit out. Will Ferrell, and uh, according to Will Ferrell, that there was apparently some blockage in there that he he was able to clear out. So now the T Rex is no longer grumpy. In a much better mood now. He's in a much better mood now, um, and so now, uh, and so now they they Enoch comes back into the picture. Yeah, right? I mean, like at this point, like I, 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 T Rex like, takes it, out it, the it, sleeve stacks. They they take they out Enoch. Fight. 
They fight Enoch, uh, they, and then Holly and Rick end up going back to their dimension right. uh, while Will decides to stay with Shaka because his life doesn't really mean anything. In the yeah, they, they kind of need him to, like, he, like, subdues Enoch as they're yeah, he able holds to him escape back. out the yeah. portal, right? Like, not everyone can make it through the portal. Enoch's trying to get through the portal to take over, and he, he essentially sacrifices himself, says, I'll stay, while he wrestles Enoch uh, and keeps him from, from screwing everything up. And that's when... Uh, that's when as as Will Stanton goes off to uh goes off with Shaka into this new land, this new home, uh, that's when all the women that uh Shaka described as like, oh, not not don't look anything like us, uh come out and they're all hot women. They're hot, super hot. Yeah, yeah it's all super hot women there and they're fascinated with him. Yeah. Yes. And then he uh, goes, the- I made oh, the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> um and so we end, we essentially end this movie on uh Rick Marshall is back on Matt Lauer's Today Show, yeah. uh, and he gives him he gives him, he gives Matt Lauer his book. So this is for you. I signed it, and he says you're supposed to say the title and the publisher. And Matt Lauer says that's not going to happen. And he says just say it. He says no. He says just say the damn title. Fine. He puts the book up to the audience, and it says Matt Lauer can suck it by Dr. Rick Marshall. <laughs> It's funny, uh, your lawyer didn't even object. We asked him, and he said, "Yeah, go go for it. Go ahead." <laughs> He's like, "Son of a bitch." And uh, and then and then Matt Lauer attacks Will Ferrell. Yeah, I love when they just cut to him for the first time, and he's just already got the pipe out in his mouth. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's already got the pipe. I'm 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 allowed. I asked. <laughs> so so I guess my question to you guys. So l- let me start. Let me start s- slow. First of all, favorite line. Favorite line from this movie. My favorite line was the balloon animal one. Yeah. That like legitimately made me laugh out loud. Well, Are you I, smoking? No, I'm making a balloon animal here. But you can't smoke in the studio. Okay, no one told me that. Um, it's a real toss-up between maybe this is where our ancient ancient ancestors hosted the Latin Grammys. <laughs> That's a great line. And trace That's time. Right. I've moved trace times to be closer to a Ruby Tuesday. Those are my two. <laughs> what about the Latin? The Latin Grammys line. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, unbelievable. That's such a great call. Oh, that's such a great call. Uh, and, and also followed by Holly. Maybe you should sit on this, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to do? You guys want to reveal your review, or do we want to go to Tony Medley? Well, let me. One quick thing. Uh, so there was a mid-credits teaser to this movie, which is yes. just unbelievable. Yes, there was. Yeah. And the egg that Holly brings back turns out to be a sleestack egg, not a dinosaur egg as she intended. And it reminded me of the end of that first terrible Plan- Godzilla Planet movie from 1998, oh. Oh. where at oh, the end the, of that the, movie, all the eggs hatch. The Madison Square Garden one? Yeah. And it's this it's the cliffhanger for the sequel that never came. <laughs> like, uh, that's, see, that's, that's a whole category to itself. Because I, I thought of the Planet of the Apes movie with Tim Roth. Yeah. And- uh, Mark Wahlberg, and at the right. end of it, Mark Wahlberg thinks he's back home sweet home on regular Earth because he's at the Lincoln Memorial right. Monument or whatever, but then the cops show up and all the cops are apes. Yeah, and he the, turns around and, and he realizes it's not Lincoln. Yeah, Abe Lincoln is actually Ape Lincoln. Abraham and, Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, let's go Tony Medley. Okay. Hit me. Tony Medley gave it a 3 out of 10. Oh, come on, Tony. Opening sentence. I kept thinking that this movie was the equivalent of a succubus slowly sucking out my intellect with each succeeding scene. As I sat there in awe at the sheer inanity of the script uh, and story, I could feel myself descending to the intellectual level of the creature sitting next to me, dressed in tattered jeans, scuffed sneakers, laughing uproariously at each and every appearance of Will Ferrell, who plays the lead character, Dr. Rick Marshall. He closes it with, Farrell and his buddies have created so many ridiculous films masqueraded as comedy that they have influenced a Pavlovian, re- Pavlovian reaction in people like the guy next to me so that they actually induce real laughter, reacting to things that aren't even the slightest bit funny. Clap your hands and they'll laugh. Apparently appealing to the intellectual level of a dog is a moneymaker in today's Hollywood. I love those jeans. I just uh, the just the condescension from Tony yeah. Medley in this in this review. It's like you gave next an eight out of ten, my guy. I know, I know. That is. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> he just doesn't like to laugh. I don't think Tony Medley likes to laugh. He also body shames Will Ferrell. 
Hard, yeah, he definitely. Says, Farrell has been worse. I have to give it to the guy, though. He's He's got an old man's body with middle-aged spread. When he strips off his shirt, he looks as if he's worn out, if he has a worn-out Michelin under his skin around uh-huh. his waist, but he still takes it off and flashes his upper torso. It's a disgusting thing to see, but no worse than sitting through this, even if you aren't next to a fine imbecile. Whoa, he just keeps going at the guy. Tony Medley killing this dude. To be fair, uh, when Will Ferrell took his shirt off, I think old school would probably be the first time he like took his shirt off in a movie. I was kind of wondering what was going on with his stomach, but after so he's basically gets his shirt off in just about every movie, so it doesn't bother me anymore. Right? Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Um, all right, so so phobe or file? Dude, obviously, you know, obviously, my, my super file, man. File I gotta big say, time. I'm going phobe. Wow! I've said this. I enjoyed discussing it with you two way more than I enjoyed watching Come on. it. Damn. You weren't sitting there laughing the whole time? I honestly was not. I did, like, uh, there were plenty, there were, there were a few lines. So what I liked about it was I thought just the little riffing here and there, the thing, like the comment off mic on the Today Show, all this stuff, like, I was like, okay, this is fun. Like, th- these parts are funny, but I felt like all the main attempts at humor just weren't funny. And I thought it was just a weak vehicle to get a couple of one-liners in. I mean, I like I don't know what you guys are looking for. Like, I, like I, I mean, I I get it. It's not, you know, Lawrence of Arabia or whatever. But I didn't want Lawrence of Arabia. I just what wanted something you... funnier because I this is to me this is the least funny thing they've ever done. No, 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 no. Like no, together. No. What have they been in together? Hmm, I'm gonna uh... guess. Hold on, let me let me do it. Danny McBride, Will Ferrell. I mean, it's it's mostly just like cameos with each other. They haven't made like front to back movies with each other that much, Um, so it's kind of hard to to stack that up. What else? What I wanted to say was okay. So let's let's get to what's really actually bad about this movie. The overall plot is not very good. They they travel into this land of the lost they lose the device they have to get the device back they come back that's not crazy interesting and i don't do i don't mean? need i don't need a great plot but it's yeah it that, that's the skeleton yeah. right so it's not it's not super compelling the female character is completely redundant what uh, hold on what's 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 the what's the plot for anchorman he's an anchorman no no totally <laughs> i mean i'm just i'm just trying to say like what's what if you were to criticize this movie how would you approach it, right? You'd approach it with the plot, nothing happens. Okay, that's fine. They go to this place, they come back. That's fine. Then the female character is completely irrelevant. She's not, they don't set her up to be funny at all. She she can speak to Chaka, which they don't really explain. She's a straight straight woman. Sure, yeah. yeah. But like just, and then it's just extremely misogynistic and, you know, of course she falls in love with Will Ferrell. You know, you talked about the Me Too aging of this movie. It just doesn't stack up. Right. Okay. So that's another one. Hold on. Let me me counterpoint. Yeah. She's she's clearly the smartest person out of all of them. Clearly. Sure. Sure. Right. And, And actually accomplished as opposed to Rick Marshall, who is a bumbling idiot who thinks he's smart. Right. So here here's my issue with like, I think that the bumbling idiot part of Rick Marshall's character just wasn't funny. You don't like that. How you don't like, hold on. You didn't like, uh, my eyes are singing. Perhaps the second dose will, uh, that's will funny. Him. That, that's but said, funny. That's, but that's like that's bumbling idiot, man. No, but that's like one time it hit for me. The brain, the brain, the size of a walnut. The only part of that that was funny was the, the, Polish? the, 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 the line about the Polish. Yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> to me. Cause so to me, it felt like a poor attempt to make a kids movie that also adults could like. Yes. And yeah. that's, okay. So that would be yes. my criticism. My and criticism so that, it's so like, you got to pick one because they look, didn't do that. They didn't do the hybrid. Well, it would have been better served being a rated R movie and allowing them to drop yes. F bombs. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Or just be a straight kids movie. So I think that awkwardness of not knowing where it was going just held it back from being overtly funny to me. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair, because I, yeah. I, I felt like I felt like there's a lot of times where I was like, oh, I just wish Danny McBride could just see. Yeah, I wanted more, and I wanted more of him. I don't feel like we got nearly enough of him, and maybe well, that's because like movies like This Is the End, he is just 
Like he yeah. steals everything, yeah. right? So to me, this was like probably the least funny I had seen Danny McBride and maybe the least funny from like a real comedic vehicle that I had seen Will Ferrell. So I think oh, that's nah. it. Uh, like their standard. Okay. 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 I can't because I, I tried doing a search for them together. It's not a uh, lot of stuff. It's really yeah. not. It's it's like Eastbound and Down is like probably the most screen time they had together outside of this movie. So right. I, I'm I'm looking up his filmography, Will, Will Ferrell's filmography, right? Because I don't think this is. I I think he's got way less funnier movies that he's got. Okay, let let me go. Some of these you guys are probably gonna highly disagree with, but I don't give a shit. All right. Um, here we go. Superstar, not funny. Superstar. You're going way Superstar. back. I mean, okay. Well, like, what, how would give me a year? Start with Anchorman. Starting with Anchorman, 2004, so 2004. and after. Okay, all right. Um, let's see, Bewitched, not funny. Right. Yeah, that Bewitched was, was his. Terrible. That was his real bomb. Yes. Yeah, that's the biggest bomb he's ever had. Kicking and Kick- screaming, I think, is hilarious. I like I kicking and screaming. I didn't think it was funny. What? It's pr- I I, it's, it's, it's lower movie. echelon, but it's it's, it's a kids movie. It's oh, underrated. That is Cur- so much funnier than this movie. Curious George, less funny. Blades of Glory, less funny. No, Blades of Glory. No, Blades, Blades of Glory is funnier. Blades of Glory was way less funny. Blades of Glory, that to me was over the top and too too kind of uh, trying too hard, right? Um, everything Must Go, less funny. That's not they, really supposed to be. They can't, they can't yeah, paint. that's, that's kind of okay. like Stranger Than Fiction, those yeah. two. Okay, all right. The Campaign, less funny. Uh, I don't know. Anchorman 2, less funny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Get hard. <laughs> Less funny. Daddy's home. Less well, now, funny. Now you're in Wash no, Daddy's Daddy's home. Daddy's home is funnier. No, it's not. And no, I swear. No, it it's is. not. It's yes. not funnier. Yes. It's so corny. I think I think this movie kind of stacks up well with Semi Pro, which is a movie he made like basically right before Whoa. it. Oh, no, Semi Pro so much better. Funnier. Semi. Now I will say Semi Pro is much better. And now I'm I'm concerned. Maze, do you not like Semi Pro? No, it, it's one of the. I think Semi Pro is is like Land of the Lost in the sense that when it came out, it wasn't beloved, but that it grows on you over time. I think Semi Pro is slightly better than Land of the Lost in terms of Feral. I think it's a lot. I actually think it's a lot better. And and this is someone who like likes Land of the Lost. I thought Semi Pro was really funny. I thought Semi Pro that what killed it was it was very niche, right? So anyone who's in the basketball sphere gets it. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Oh, I'll, I'll tell, I, mean, I, I think I've told you this before, I mean, is that the first time I saw Semi-Pro, I didn't really like it. I didn't think it was oh. that funny. The second time I was like, what the hell was wrong with me when I saw this the first time? This is yeah. hilarious. That's related. That's yeah. similar to how I felt, yeah. But uh, I think... Oh, oh, my. Uh, I you, haven't you, seen this movie, Holmes and Watson. I haven't either. I, I haven't I'm, either, but it is on... I think it's on Netflix. I Rob think he's, he's definitely Tomatoes. past his prime, but like this movie came out pretty much in his prime and he's cooking, man. Like him and Danny are cooking in this movie. Like at the very least, if you like both of those guys, this movie is worth your time to watch those two riff. I don't, I don't think it was enough. I got to go folk. I mean, wow. I, the other point I wanted to make was like, uh, the slee stacks being like slow moving and like a lot of the campiness that comes from this movie is probably a tribute to the TV show. It is. Yeah. And so like, while a lot of this movie isn't necessarily great and like the action is kind of weird, there's something off about it. I think it's also a very good tribute to the show and that's what they were going for. So they weren't going for, you know, yeah, dangerous and I, and I, and stacks and I and stuff. don't care about that at all. Well, I mean, both of those guys said they grew up, fans of that show right mm-hmm. and so that that factors into obviously wanting to pay homage in the different ways um but you know like to me I, it, I, to me you don't have to have watch that show to watch that movie and laugh and laugh plenty of times and that's and that's ultimately that's when i when i go to a will ferrell movie i'm looking it's like this holmes and watson movie i, I see i hadn't seen it the tomato meter says 11 percent and i'm just like that next I mean, I, I'm willing to give it a go because my thing is this: like that movie. When I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, it's just Will Ferrell and John C. Riley." Yeah, acting yeah. like I'll watch like, them do stuff for 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, like I, what if they were Sherlock Holmes and Watson? Of course, it just sounds so stupid and ridiculous. I, like I, I have a feeling like critics are like, "Where was the plot? What kind of mystery is that?" Like, no, it's not. The point isn't the mystery. The point is they're gonna have fun and kind of spoof. 
the the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes movies that came out ten years ago or so. So I'm interested in seeing that, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't mind doing that for next week because I Let think me it's ask on you guys, uh, What did you think of the effects in the movie, Zach? It's pretty bad. I thought it was all right. I thought it was kind of like campy. The only thing that looked good was the the vibrating sphere as that okay. opens. Because like that's that, why it cost $100 million. That's crazy. That movie cost $100 million because it looks like it was done on a soundstage. Wow. All right. I thought it was all right. But, I mean, what did you think of the effects? Um. I, again, like, you guys didn't like the effects in, in Next. And I, I just thought, like, they, they were adequate for what they were trying to achieve, right? Sure. They were and, you know, it's like if you're making Star Wars, the effects have to look good. If you're making uh, Transformers, the it effects have to look, to look good. Yeah. Like, like if you're making a, a, what is clearly a silly movie that is very much dialogue driven, all we need is just something that people know that's a dinosaur over there. Right. It doesn't have to look like Jurassic Park where you feel like, oh, my God, this could actually be happening somewhere. Yeah, I didn't need the dinosaur to look great. Yeah. yeah so I was fine with that. I liked it. All right, that's going to do it for Cinephobe. Uh, thanks for subscribing to the Patreon. Drop your suggestions in and your comments for uh, for future movies in the Discord. And uh, let us know what you want us to watch next.